It's time to pull those belts tight, race fans. The Front Stretch is coming at you. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Now, here's Dan Taylor and Dirk Houston. Welcome to the Front Stretch, race fans. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Online at joeskarting.com. Fast-paced, white-knuckle race just across the river on 23rd Avenue. Get over to Joe's Karting today and do yourself right with a little indoor kart racing. And uh, we're going to do things just a little bit different because I guess that just seems to be the motto ever since we switched to the podcast. We kind of do whatever we dang well please. And uh, today we're being joined by the GM of Ottawa Dragway, Gary Harper, joining us. Gary, uh, it's been far too long since you've been on the show. Absolutely, guys. How you been? Living the dream. Uh, you staying healthy? We we are. We're uh, we're still wearing the boot on the old right foot, but uh, we're we're working on it. We're it's a daily progress, but yeah. We're, uh, we're, we're staying out of that, uh, that C word and, and, uh, and all the coughing and all that stuff. We're staying good on that side. So good. Uh, family's good. Family's good. Yeah, I can beat that. The boot? Oh yeah. Wow. Oh yeah. The, the dreaded I, boot. I can beat that. I got a kidney. <laughs> yeah, I know. I heard that's awesome, man. I'm glad, I'm glad it's working for you. <laughs> He's going to be playing that card for a while. Hey, well, you know what? Take it, take it while you got it. Take no, it while you got yeah. it. The interesting part is every place I go now, I got to learn where the bathroom is. Uh, yeah, and in a hurry. <laughs> we made it to we made it to Knoxville with no problems. There oh, and back. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, we actually went to uh, Eddieville. We took uh, our team to Eddieville, uh, Ottawa Dragway. Uh, on a side note, actually ended up winning the IHRA Track of the Year for the Midwest Division. Um, so pretty awesome deal. Uh, we finished third in the overall points uh set up for the year so uh out of all the teams that showed up so we've uh we've been busy but yeah i know that drive i know that drive well we we're eddieville's about 20 minutes from knoxville yep been there before nice track absolutely all right well we're talking with the gm of Ottawa dragway and uh, uh gary before we get started into this whole thing i, I even if the answer has got to be no comment or we can't talk about it at this time i gotta ask what can you talk about with the future of Ottawa Dragway as it is tonight? Well, currently we are, as Wilson Racing, have declined to uh, continue with the lease with the facility. So what's going to take place right now is ORC, which is Ottawa Racing and Events Complex, which was the board of directors that built the facility. They are currently looking for somebody to come in and either lease the facility or flat purchase the facility. Um, and there's just a lot of red tape there going on, but, um, you know, we're optimistic that, uh, somebody will come along and, and either purchase the facility and, and make the improvements necessary to continue on, or, uh, somebody comes on and leases it. I'm not real sure where, uh, mine and my wife's future is with the whole deal, but we're optimistic that we can, uh, you know, help get somebody in the right direction to get it done. The one thing I do want to mention is, uh, you know, this is no fault to any people that are in this deal. It's not Oric's fault. It's not the Wilson's fault. It's not anybody's fault. We're just simply, um, they chose to not uh, re-up the lease. And so that meant that uh, Oric basically had to put it out there on the open market. And uh, we'll just see what happens. Uh, we'll definitely keep you guys posted. Um, we know that there's a lot of people in our area that are both uh, a little worried that we're going to lose the racetrack. And, and that's you know, once they're gone, they're gone. We know how that works too. Yeah. So, um, you know, we're, we're, we're going to work our tails off to see that we can't, uh, you know, facilitate a new, uh, a new leasee or a, 
a new, uh, you know, a new owner. But in the meantime, uh, our Halloween hootenannies this weekend. And if you haven't been out to the drags this year, this is the time. Absolutely. This would be the weekend for you to come out. Mm. Maybe the last weekend to come out. Uh, well, believe it or not, for as far as our, our running of the facility, it will be the last weekend. It is the last weekend on the schedule. Unfortunately, we had to, uh, to kill off uh, the rest of the schedule. Our lease ended up uh, September 10th. Uh, Oric was gracious enough to let us go ahead and have our Halloween Hootenanny because at the completion of the Halloween Hootenanny on Saturday night's main event, we do our ABC Tools Matco runoffs. Uh, we've got uh, a whole bunch of toolboxes and prizes and tools and things uh, that go to our top 16 in, in the top class, top 16 in mod class, top eight in sportsman, top eight in junior. So um, we, we didn't want to lose that event. Um, so they were able to, uh, to let us uh, continue the facilities um, for one more week. And then, unfortunately, after Sunday night, uh, we're closing the gates and we'll wait and see what happens for the next time. Well, let's talk about this Halloween hootenanny. It's happening on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, September 24th, 25th, 26th. Take us through some of the pertinent details, if you will, please. Well, Friday night's actually just going to end up being a golf cart race and some shenanigans. We got to have a little fun while you're doing this deal. So Saturday night, or Friday night's the shenanigans. Saturday, gates open at... Uh, 9 a.m. We start running cars at 10. Uh, we'll finish our main event approximately around 6. At the completion of that, Mick will make a pass with Miss L. And then while he's making adjustments to the vehicle, we will start our, our Matco Tools runoff. Um, you know, the cool thing about the Matco Tools runoff is, uh, you know, Bo Sanders and his father, um, Dale, have come on board to help us out. And primarily it's to get exposure for uh, becoming a Matco Tools sales rep. So you can actually contact me or I can get you the number or it's on our website and you can contact ABC Tools. If you ever wanted to be your own boss, now's the opportunity. I mean, we got plenty of people out there looking for work. So uh, great opportunity there. So we'll do the ABC Tools with Matco runoff. Um, then at the completion of the evening, uh, Miss L will make a, a record-breaking attempt to try to set the track record at Ottawa Dragway, going to try to go into the 380 range at over 210 miles per hour. So great feat there. And then Sunday, we close it off 9 a.m. to approximately 5 p.m. And after that, well, all the uh, all the awards will have been given out and we'll uh, we'll just wait and see what happens. Again, we're talking with Gary Harper, GM for Ottawa Dragway. Uh, one final hoot nanny coming up this uh, weekend at the Ottawa Dragway. Again, it's a Friday uh golf cart race which by the way i don't know what you mean by it's just a golf cart race i mean this is something anybody's going to want to get down to and watch uh yeah the shenanigans involved <laughs> in it is uh, hilarious we actually do two categories we have a golf cart category and then we have a we call it our pit vehicle open class which is uh two wheelers four wheelers uh side by sides and some of these guys are going way too fast but yeah. it's way too fun and uh, there might be an adult beverage involved. Not sure. Uh, you know, sometimes <laughs> that breaks out. Uh, but it's a great opportunity. The kids can come out and the kids drive their their parents' golf carts and dad rides with them. And uh, it, it, it's a lot of fun. But it's, you know, we knew that it's, um, you know, it's kind of a somber time. You know, we're we're all just kind of waiting around to see what happens. And, and uh, so 
it doesn't make a whole lot of sense uh, to try to do a, a full-on race when a lot of kids in school playing football, you know, mm-hmm. it's just, it's tough to get everybody to the track for racing on Friday night. So yeah. we'll do the golf cart deal. And then Saturday is when the Saturday is when it goes down some good prize money, some custom trophies. Um, Rick Pitzer always builds us uh, custom trophies. They're different every year. They are um, last year. They painted them in glow in the dark paint. They were wild. So mm. definitely a good opportunity. Uh, we're going to do, Half price drink specials. We've got a, a whole concession. Sold. Yeah. Whole, Sold. Whole con- hey, listen, whole concession stand, $2, 16 ounce beers, $3 mixed drinks, go until they're gone. So that's kind of the plan. So yeah, oh uh, we might have to make arrangements for a ride for you later. We can do that too. Do they have Uber there? Oh, absolutely. Good. <laughs> If you if you if you gotten bad, I, I can't drink because I'm on antibiotics. So if you got bad enough, you needed a ride, we would take you wherever you needed to go, buddy. I always hear about Joe Kaziski tells me about the uh, insurance agent for I80 Speedway came out one night during the Silver Dollar Nationals and had a little bit too much fun. Uh, so much fun, in fact, that they didn't quite realize how much a taxi ride back to Omaha was going to cost. Oh yeah, yeah, from I80. Oh yeah, yeah. But it was yeah, still you're... cheaper than a night in jail. So he he feels like he still won. Yeah, anytime you can spend $150 and stay out of jail, it's not a bad plan. I'm sure everybody would open up their wallet and go that route. Yeah, it's the lingering of the stay in jail that'll bite you. (laughs) The hindsight always tells you it was much cheaper just to take the Uber. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I've never been in that position, but I've heard plenty of stories. Yeah. Uh, OnawaDragway.com is the website, right? No, it's OnawaRacing.com. Close. Thank you. OttawaRacing.com for more information on this event. You're also on the good old Facebook at Drag Race in Ottawa. Facebook.com slash Drag Race in Ottawa. Or the easier thing to do is just go up to the search bar on Facebook and type in Ottawa Dragway and uh, it'll pop right up. Yeah, that's the best way to do it. And then, yeah, fortunately for us, there's only one Ottawa Dragway. So it works out pretty handy. our, our friends to the north named their track Thunder Valley, and there's five drag strips in the country named Thunder Valley. So, yeah, <laughs> we don't have to worry about that one. We got it, we got it on the first try. So definitely come out and see us. Uh, like I said, we, we want to have a party. We want to make sure we take this thing out with a bang. We want to say a special thanks to the Wilsons. They've uh, have given us two great years at the racetrack and a lot of improvements. Uh, we've got pit lighting now. We've got speakers, PA throughout the facility. A lot of great things that uh, the Wilsons have done. So we definitely want to take an opportunity to thank them. And, and uh, we're looking for the next guy. Good deal, man. Uh, Gary Harper of Ottawa Dragway. Anything we're missing? Anything we got to make sure to cover? I- yeah, I just want to make sure that all of our, all of our marketing partners understand that uh, we appreciate everything they've done for us. Um, this particular weekend, like I said, with ABC Tools um, and uh, at Bo and Dale Sanders and the things that they've done for Matco and their um, Be Your Own Boss program. Those are the guys that we want to really stand out and say thank you for supporting us over the last two years. And uh, Collins Motorsports, uh, who does all of our fuel and uh, sponsors Elaine at the track and does a lot of things for us. So there's just too many to name and they got to understand that. But if you go to our website, uh, all of the uh, all the marketing partners that support Ottawa Dragway are floating by. You see something you like, click on it. It's going to go straight to their website or to their Facebook page. Yeah. And uh It'll be great. So thanks guys. Appreciate it. And as soon as I get, uh, 
As soon as I get the word, whether I'm involved or not, I will still give you guys a call and let you know what's going on. How's that? Oh, uh, you know, you got an open mic with Dirk and I. Yeah. Perfect. Our support, our support's not monetary, but we're behind you. Yep. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Once again, that was Gary Harper of Ottawa Dragway. Well, Dirk, instead of taking a break, let's just roll right into it. We'll make it one long turn and uh, just get done with this show and, and get it uh, kind of packaged up, ready for everybody. Uh, well, how about we just make it one long straightaway, like a drag strip kind of deal? That almost seems like it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to talk about first? Uh, Bristol or Knoxville? Let's go with Knoxville because we got hands on with that one. Yeah. <laughs> I, the only hands-on I got for Bristol was watching my phone during the downtimes at the Knoxville Nationals. So, yeah, I caught a few videos this week. So, uh, I, I can only imagine which ones. <laughs> All right, let's talk about thoughts on Knoxville. I I thought it was uh, it was a quicker program than we've seen in the past. Kind of felt like maybe they learned from some of the uh, the displeasure of people, especially you and I that just kind of, we just kind of sat there in the stands and didn't do anything in between races. Uh, and I, that was the 410 Nationals that, that you and I were talking about that, right? Well, we were talking about it at the 410, but they did it also with the late models. It They try and fill the empty time. You remember, now one thing, they do it like the at uh, the World Outlaws, they do that toolbox holding thing yeah. where they get four people up there and, yeah. and some of that stuff. Uh, they had weighed in. Um, you know, with his voice and trying to uh, fill up some time. But I think they threw the final checkered before 1030 or right at 1030. Yeah, right about there. Yeah, because they had predicted 1045. So they made their goal, which was mm -hmm. great. Um, of course, you and I got snookered a little bit because we waited for the stands to empty out. So, you know, we didn't have to fight the traffic to, just to get out of the grandstands. And uh, went over to the media center where they've always done the podium finish interviews to find out that they were being done in victory lane. Yeah. So we didn't get any content for, for the radio show for Knoxville. So uh, that was a little frustrating coming back, but. Um, well, recorded contact. I mean, we talked to some people, we did yeah. our, our due diligence. We tried to find hero cards, but. We knew this late in the season, most guys would be out, which yeah. we did not collect one hero card. But, uh, you know, we had a nice talk with uh, Jay Burdick and, and Dave Eckridge and a few other guys. And, uh, you know, it's always mostly, good to talk to those people. It know, was mostly, uh, yeah, it was mostly Malvern Bank people, <laughs> the, uh, the Malvern Bank drivers. Right. Which, I mean, that's that's our forte. That's our hometown guys. Yeah. You know, as opposed to, you know, I'm, I'm sure. If Bobby Pierce would have been there, we'd have probably got a few minutes with him if we wanted it. Same with Bloomquist. They were down in Texas racing because neither one ever fall on Lucas points. You know, we don't really have a contact with, with Lucas. So we tried to schedule an interview today for Hudson O'Neill, but we will have that coming up soon because um, he had well, kind of a, a roller coaster run Saturday yeah. night, uh, you know, finished in the top 10, but just kind of between fourth and seventh all night. So. Yeah, and, and I thought it was a good race. I mean, obviously, when I look at a race and I, I see that it's a 100-lap feature, I'm like, man alive, that's that's going to be a long race. And I think the complexity changes. We talk about this every year about there's not a lot of 100-lap dirt races out there. Um, there's what I, I would probably estimate maybe 10, 12, maybe 1,500-lap races out there. I'm not sure anymore. I know the Bush All-Star Tour back in the 90s had six or eight by itself. Yeah. 
I mean, we my limited, my limited national late model touring experience and, and big late model specials uh, is incredibly limited, but I know of the 10th anniversary of the Silver Dollar Nationals was 101 laps. That might have been what they did. Obviously, Knoxville's been 100 laps for several years. I would expect the World 100 is a 100-lap race. I'm pretty sure. I've never been there, but it seems to make sense with the 100 in the name, right. same with the North-South 100. Right. So there's a handful. But it's it, it turns into much more of a complex race to where you kind of feel like if somebody takes the lead with 20 or 30 laps completed, or maybe even 10 to 15 laps completed, uh, that they're more than likely not going to be the leader at the end of the race because – like some of these NASCAR races we talk about, especially ones that start in the daytime and the end of the nighttime, if you're good early, you're going to be more than likely to be bad, bad late. Well, you got to just keep up with the track. You'll hear that on the commentators and the, and the crew chiefs and everything, you know, on their interviews, you know, we got to keep up with the track. And um, this, uh, they started with a very sloppy low groove that as the race wore on came in. But the top groove was just as fast. And the plus on the top side was that you could really get off of two and four. The runs those guys had off of two and four against the guys on the bottom were incredible. Six, eight car lengths, just crazy. Yeah. Um, but the cushion got built up and every now and then somebody jump over that cushion and yeah. lose five, six spots. So yeah. the leader racing wasn't very good, in, in my opinion. Very few laps out of that hundred was there a race for the lead. Yeah, it was, uh, it, it was really racing. it was really between Tim McCready and um, Mike Marler. Well, the last sixty laps was yeah. Uh, beginning but, of the race, it was Tyler Erb seemed to have had the the fastest car, but he broke early in that race. Well, he broke something or cut a tire down or maybe filled a tire up with mud. We nobody really said what happened to him. But he pulled in and got lucky because they, they threw a yellow right about the same time that wasn't for him. So yeah. he didn't leave the lap. And he came out and restarted at the back and made a top five run. I mean, he was still the fastest car. Yeah. That's you know, a, and that, that, a caution or two. Yeah. The race for the lead, it was kind of fun for me a little bit because when Mike Marler took the race lead, he clearly had the faster car of him and Tim McCready. But McCready kept reeling him back in thanks to lap traffic. And Marler or uh, McCready would get close. Maybe he would show his nose or make a move, but then they would clear enough lap traffic and Marler would start running his line again. Excuse me. I'm not getting choked up over that. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, and he'd start to pull away again. So, it, it, you know, it'd be about every 10, 12 laps there. It'd start to get close, but, but then it'd quickly deteriorate. And all of a sudden Marler would have a big lead again. Yeah. But you had uh, a lot of racing, like between third and sixth. Mm-hmm. All kinds of racing back there. There were several laps where Earl Pearson Jr. and Ricky Weiss were were really battling. I mean, they went side by side, six, eight laps in a row. Mm -hmm. And uh, door to door, you know, it wasn't one on the high side and one on the low side. It was one on the low side and one right next door to him. Um, but they had a great race for a long time. I think, if I remember right, Earl or Ricky Weiss ended up taking that spot. And uh, Hudson uh Hudson O'Neill um, worked his way up into the top five, and then he'd fall back to sixth or seventh, then back up to about fourth. And, I mean, he was just all over the place. Uh, they did the, uh, the fuel stop right at lap 40. They always say between 40 and 50. Well, right at lap 40, I think they had a caution, and so they were kind of on a pace lap, so they just went ahead and did the fuel stop. Um, let's see, Jonathan Davenport broke out. Yeah, you know, he broke again. Hasn't had the, the best results there. Um, 
poor Jimmy Owens was just lost. He, uh, he couldn't find his way around the place the other night and, and he won the two previous races. Um, so what his issue was, I, I really don't know. They just somehow missed that up very badly. Yeah. Uh, just to give you guys the top 10 rundown. Once again, Mike Marler uh, picked up the win. The, he is the only three-time winner of that race. And I believe the only back-to-back winner too. No, because Jimmy Owens won him back-to-back. Oh, that's right. He, that's Owens good. won 18 and 19. That's right. So Marlar, Marlar is the only uh, two-time, three-time winner of that race. Tim McCready came home in second. Ricky Weiss in third. Earl Pearson Jr. in fourth. Brandon Shepard in fifth. Tyler Erb made his way back up to sixth. Hudson O'Neill finished seventh. Josh Richards eighth. Chad Simpson ninth. And, uh, excuse me, Chris Simpson ninth. Chad Simpson tenth. Yeah, I mean, that's a who's who, you know. Davenport it's, 26th. Ryan Gustin, who looked really good early. Uh, he broke, finished 28th. Local guy, Tad Pospichel, finished 23rd. Mm, you were mentioning uh, Jimmy Owens, started 12th, finished 17th. But yeah, I think there were only 18 cars left on the track at that time, I think. So yeah, yeah, he kind of went to the back and then he, he pulled in and worked on it a little bit on just about every yellow. So it was always starting in the back. So he, he never really had a chance once he did that. Yeah. Again, it if, if, you can look, if you look for the racing and don't just follow the leader, there was plenty of racing to watch. Yeah, beautiful night for racing, too. It was absolutely gorgeous out. Yes, it was. And we even had a spotter in the stands that was very entertaining. <laughs> oh, my God, that guy. <laughs> he was definitely enjoying the uh, the end of the year, get rid of the beer sales, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he definitely made sure Knoxville wasn't going to have to store any beer over the winter. <laughs> Oh, and I wanted to go through the uh, results for the Malvern Bank race there also. I believe that was a that was a non-points invitational only race that paid 2500 Do you remember um, the payday on that? No, I do not. 24 cars, I do remember that. Yeah. Tad Pospichel ends up getting the win. Andy Eckridge comes home in second. Bill Layton in third. Jake Neal in fourth. Jason Haney in fifth. Dave Eckridge in sixth. Chad Holiday in seventh. Josh Leonard eighth. Todd Cooney ninth and Charjan Charlie McKenna moved up nine spots to finish top 10. Kyle Burke looked to be strong early too, but I think he ended up blowing a motor. Yeah, he earned a motor, top qualifier. He was definitely going to be in the hunt, but you know, that's part of racing. Yeah. All right, let's move over to Bristol and talk about the results from that race. Uh, end of the race was, was pretty dang interesting to watch. Uh, and I'm not talking about the checkered flag after the checkered flag, the, uh, the confrontation between Chase Elliott and Kevin Harvick. I'm talking about that nice battle between Kyle Larson and Kevin Harvick. And boy, if, if you ever thought there was no fire left in Kevin Harvick, look at that man's eyes when he got out of the car. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, um, let's face it, uh, Elliott and Larson are teammates, you know, so uh, was it a little blocking help his teammate? Maybe, you know. It's really hard to say, but yeah, because you can make the same argument that he's, he's, he's trying to race to stay on the lead lap. Exactly. Because as soon as he lets Harvick get by him, then the next car that is a position car could get by him. And so, and and plus it comes down to the simple thing. They're racers. They are there to race. There's a car behind them. That's faster. Keep them behind you and don't give up that spot, whether it's for position or not, keep racing, be faster. Do the Newman. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I will tell you, that's probably the maddest I've seen Kevin Harvick uh, since his younger days when he first took over in that 29 ride. And he, you know, he'd run in with Ricky Rudd or 
gosh, who else? I think he had a run in with Jeff Gordon at one time. Uh, just that's the maddest I've seen that guy in a very, very long time. And he's been, I, he's been in top 20 years. He's had run-ins with everybody. So <laughs> yeah, that's very oh. true. Does that for me seeing that fire? I think I'm going to pick Kevin Harvick. I'm a little more prone to pick Kevin Harvick over the next couple of weeks. Cause I think that guy's all of a sudden got a fire lit behind, underneath his fire seat, uh, underneath his driver's seat again. He's going to start uh, knocking off some really good finishes. Well, you know, he thinks he got robbed, you know, he got robbed yeah. by team Hendricks, you know, and of course he's going to be upset. Is that race at Bristol going to transfer over to a mile and a half at Las Vegas? Don't know. Uh, you know. And I don't think there's going to be, and again, we talk about this every time. There's not going to be any retaliation. Kevin Harvick's not going to go out there and wreck Chase Elliott. If those two happen to get together uh, or be racing around each other, Kevin Harvick's probably going to race them a little bit harder than he would have uh, last weekend before Bristol. But I don't think we're going to see any revenge. I don't think we're going to see any kind of stuff like that. Cause again, Kevin Harvick is still in the chase very much in this playoff battle. So is Chase Elliott. Last thing Kevin Harvick wants to do is try to, get back at Chase Elliott and end up hurting his chances of moving on to the next round more than he hurts Chase Elliott's. Well, Kevin Harvick is going to race everybody hard every lap he's on yeah. the track. So, yeah. you know, that's not going to change for any reason. Um, the only time I could see anything retaliation come by is if for some reason, either one of those two drivers gets a couple laps down due to, due to whatever they mm -hmm. get some damage or whatever. And they just, you know, uh, or they have to go to the garage and repair something, come out 20 or 30 laps down, then something could happen. But yeah. I don't see the retaliation as long as they're both still alive in the, in the hunt for the title. I don't either. I see Kevin Harvick being elbows up for the next couple of weeks and racing his butt off because he is the first car on the bubble to be eliminated. Only two points above the cut line. He is sitting, or excuse me, he is uh, one of the four cars that are on the bubble to get eliminated right now. That includes... Christopher Bell, Brad Kozlowski, and Joey Logano. Again, this is just points-wise. William Byron is sitting in the eighth position with uh, 14 points. He is one point above Joey Logano. Obviously, a lot of racing that will happen over the next three races as we head into uh, to another race weekend. This Sunday at Las Vegas uh, for a, looks like a Sunday evening race at about 6 o'clock local time is when that green flag will wave uh, for the race. But um, I, I like I said, I fully expect uh, this uh, Kevin Harvick to be up on the wheel. Not a lot of news to cover uh, unless I'm missing something other than, oh, I guess I see this. Rodney Childress uh, signed a contract extension with Stuart Haas Racing to remain, quote, for years to come, end quote, for Rodney Childress. He announced that, I believe, on Twitter is where he announced that uh, contract extension. So currently the crew chief for Kevin Harvick doesn't mean Kevin Harvick is going to be with Stuart Haas Racing for years to come. Just means Rodney Childers will be with Stuart Haas Racing for years to come. It doesn't mean he'll be a crew chief either. He's probably right. going to be Harvick's crew chief until Harvick hangs up his helmet. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him moved into some other capacity at that time. Something a little bit more technical, about, like what what uh, Greg Zipidelli kind of did for a long time. Situation, yeah, you know, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, he's. I, if I'm not mistaken, he's about 50 years old, I do believe, maybe even 52. Yeah, that's about right. I don't think he's going to want to come in and crew chief for a 20-year-old driver. So I don't yeah. see that happening. So I see him, if he's still with Stuart Haas, he's going to be in a, in a different capacity. All right, the four drivers eliminated from the round of 16 was Eric Amarola, Tyler Reddick, 
Kurt Busch and Michael McDowell. Mike, Michael McDowell. A big run for uh, William Byron, gaining 20 points to get above the cut line and moving on to the next round. Yes. Yeah. He had uh, he had a very good race. Nice top five, what top three finish, I think. And uh, uh, you know, a good run for him. He he really steps it up every now and then. And he's a mile and a half kind of expert, so to speak. So to get that on a half mile track is a little unusual. So, you know, he could be a player in Vegas. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right, Dirk. I think that uh, William Byron definitely stepped it up when he needed to. And I, we saw another kind of promising element to his career that uh, he may be one of these guys contending for championships before we know it. Yeah, the uh, to me, the ironic thing of, of this first round of elimination was Michael McDowell, the first guy in and the first guy out. Yeah, that's too bad. It is. Like I said, very ironic. All right. I think that's going to do it for us today. Uh, once again, big thanks, everybody, for listening today. Big thanks to Gary Harper of Onawa Dragway. Please, 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 just because I'm, I'm on the other end of this and I'm dealing with it on a daily basis with IED Speedway, stop messaging those guys and saying, hey, I heard you're shutting down. Uh, Gary came on the show and said it very clearly and very plainly. This weekend's race will be the last race weekend as they see it right now. They are working to extend something but that's a lot of preliminary talks and there's a lot that still has to happen in order for them to have a 2022 drag season so um just uh there's no need to message the page because you could just listen to the interview back earlier in this turn uh all right sunday's race at uh, at las vegas motor speedway the south point 400 at 6 p.m eastern time excuse me 6 p.m central time Make sure your picks are in on time for the Rick Haven Ridge Pick'ems Contest. You can continue to get that. We uh, are working on getting all the prizes put together for the season-ending viewing party at uh, Quaker Steak and Lube, which uh, just got to get approval from those guys, but I'm sure that we're going to be down there again as we have been in years past. Uh, big thanks to those guys, Quaker Steak and Lube, for being the official watering hole of the front stretch. Get over to the Lube every Thursday night for classic car cruising. And on Fridays and Saturdays, just great specials, great food. Sundays, all the great action, including the NASCAR race. The South Point 400 will be on the big screens at Quaker Steak and Lube in Council Bluffs. And those guys have got my favorite beer on tap right now, uh, Full-Fledged, which uh, is in, looking to be a tremendous beer company in uh, in the Midwest. So, uh, well, Dirk, anything we missed today? Yeah. Have you applied for a job with them, like a taste tester or some deal? unofficial capacity <laughs> <laughs> completely unofficial capacity <laughs> like i said that's going to do it for us today big thanks everybody for joining us thanks to rick haven ridge for supporting the pickups contest find out what rick can do for you today rick Advice.com. for dirk houston i'm dan taylor this has been the front stretch presented by joe's carding and council bluffs have a great weekend everybody every race car driver has run into the same problem it's well past normal parts store closing hours but you need that one to finish your car the guys who brought you white knuckle racing by the river bring you joe's carding racing parts and tire store open until 10 p.m monday to thursday and open until 11 p.m on friday and saturday a parts store that fits your after hours schedule and you can turn a few laps at joe's carding while you're waiting for your part to get pulled from their warehouse joescarding.com for more information the official watering hole of the front stretch has you covered any day of the week with the best wings great burgers and amazing steaks 
Each weekday from 4 to 6 is happy hour, featuring dollar-off draft and well drinks plus $4 Luberitas. Mondays are kids' night. Tuesdays are all-you-can-eat wings for $12.95, and the lube even delivers to the Council Bluffs area. Like Quaker Steak and Lube Council Bluffs on Facebook for a full list of weekly events. Get to Quaker Steak and Lube. Mid-America Drive, Council Bluffs. Hey guys, Dan Taylor with Taylor Computers and Repair, and I got another laptop for you that I think is going to go over great. Now this one I think is going to be perfect for a student, whether it be high school or college, because it's a 14-inch HP ProBook 640G2 that has been upgraded to a 240 gig solid state hard drive. This also boasts an Intel i3 2.3 gigahertz processor and it comes with eight gigs of RAM and is a Windows 10 Pro. One thing that it comes with that I haven't mentioned yet that is gonna be perfect for a student is the fingerprint scanner. It's another level of security that you can take advantage of today. Now, if you wanna get more information about this HP 14 inch ProBook 640 G2 for just $450, you can always reach out to me at Tailored Computers and Repair on Facebook. 